Empower Radio presents the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Crawl. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Each week we gather right here to break through the illusion of separation. You know, the world isn't going to go back to normal. Normal really wasn't working, was it? The new post-pandemic world calls for evolved leadership, a regenerative leadership based on the logic of life and rooted in the wisdom of nature. This new regenerative paradigm is about becoming more creative, authentic, purposeful, compassionate, and more in tune with life, the life within us and the life all around us. I invite you to take a few deep breaths, bring your awareness into this moment, open your mind and heart and settle into your essential wholeness as I introduce our guest. Giles Hutchins is a pioneering practitioner, keynote speaker, advisor and executive coach for the forefront of a revolution in leadership consciousness and organizational development. He applies consciousness raising modalities, deep dive nature immersions, embodiment work, ancient wisdom traditions insights, future fit organizational development approaches, and cutting edge research on leadership consciousness. In these transformative times, Giles stimulates the headspace and heart knowing for forward-leaning leaders and organizations to become vibrant, purposeful, and future fit. He's the author of four books. We're going to talk about one of them today with his co-author. Laura Storm is the founder of Regenerators and has spent her entire career working in the intersection between organizational development sustainability, climate change policy, and innovation. She has started and led multiple international organizations focused on the global transformation to sustainability, including Copenhagen Climate Council and Sustainia. She has been awarded the title World Changer by Green Biz, named one of the 30 leading women with sustainability and regeneration by sustainable brands, And that list is so cool. Lots of amazing women. Congratulations, Laura, on that one. It's incredible. And is selected by the World Economic Forum as Young Global Leader. She's a World Economic Forum sustainability expert and serves on many boards. She is the co-author with Giles on the much-praised book, Regenerative Leadership, which we're going to talk about today. So welcome, Laura and Giles. Thank you so much for having us. Oh, yeah. Welcome back, Giles. Giles, this is your third visit to my show. And I'm always I always just adore our conversations and your wisdom. It's incredible. So, Laura, since it's your first time on the show, I'm going to give you my traditional first question. We like to really, really put this conversation in a larger meme and and set it into that whole worldview. So I'm going to ask you, what does all things connected mean to you? (laughs) It means that we are, at the end of the day, we are one. We are all connected. We are interdependent. And what I do, create ripple effects 
that ultimately and affect the entire wholeness of our system. Mm. Thank you. Succinct. I just have to pause and just acknowledge that the world has changed. It's so fun. When I started the show almost eight years ago, I would ask that question and we were repeatedly, my guests were trying to bring in the science and the spirituality to, to mm. prove that point. And now we get to just say, because it is, yeah, <laughs> it is. So yeah. Thank you for that, Laura. So, so let's talk about this pandemic. I think this is a really important time on our planet. Like I mentioned, the getting things back to normal isn't probably in our highest and best good. That doesn't mean we throw everything out, but it's time of real radical transformation on our planet. Why don't we start with you, Giles? And, and why don't you give us a little bit of what's been moving inside of you during this pandemic or during the shelter at home? What are you thinking about this important time? And then we'll move in the conversation toward leadership and, and shifting toward regenerative leadership as well. Well, it's it's a very interesting time. Uh, I think it's affected people in multiple ways, and it's affected obviously people in different ways. Some people we've got to recognise have have had been really challenged. Um, some people have have lost loved ones, um, and some people have have really been struggling with what it means to be working from home with young ones while homeschooling or suddenly getting to hang out with their partner for long periods of time or being home on their own, um, all of which can be challenging. And yet what I'm also hearing from the leaders I've been keeping in touch with and um, checking in with over the last few days and weeks is that we are also gaining perspective on perhaps illusions that we had before about life, about how we have to be, um, about what we're doing. And that's quite useful. We're almost we're getting perspective on some of the blind spots or habituations that we just assumed was the way things had to be. And that's really healthy for our evolution. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's been an interesting pause uh, and it's affected many of the countries and cultures around the world. And I think that's part of its power is that it has helped connect us in some way, um, even if through a crisis. And that crisis thinking and the way we've responded to the crisis, I think, is also helping some leaders see how going forward we can perhaps think a bit bigger about some of the other issues like climate change, um, uh, social inequality, and so forth, rather than taking incremental steps, we can actually think about, well, hang on a minute, we've moved quite radically during this crisis. Why can't we move more radically on some of these other issues? Mm. Great points. Laura, do you want to add anything? The, the one piece that I think is really important now is that as we've moved a little bit, we've we've moved and small businesses have adapted very well and yet can move and flow because of that size. And I'm, and I'm wondering about this radical transformation with large corporations, because so many are like, yeah, well, we're we're changing. But what about them out there? We always like to point the fig finger at those large corporations and those large you know, governments and and systems that are just not working for us. So, Laura, what can you add to that? 
I think that it's still too soon to say how multinationals have weathered this storm. But what we can already see now is that those organizations with a regenerative business model are sailing through the storm much better than than big corporations that may have a degenerative business model. For example, the fast fashion industry is bleeding money. Um, and and the fast fashion industry is kind of like the epitome of a of a degenerative business model. We don't need uh, fifty seven cycles or or collections a year, for example. And this crisis has really shed a light on that, and has in my country of Denmark caused a lot of important discussions in the in the fashion community around um, how are we really have how have we designed our business models this is utterly wrong this is as Giles said this has really helped shed light on the dysfunction of their industry and has meant that a lot of the sustainable fashion brand has been beacons of hope and light, inspiring some of the bigger chains and corporations. So, so that's some of the, one of the many good things that could come out of this crisis that those that didn't have the time to reflect around whether their business model are or were degenerative or regenerative could start a, a discussion around, well, how how much of a business case do we really have in a constantly changing world? This crisis will be one of many future crises. So let's start now making our business model more resilient, more responsive, more adaptive. And let's also focus on the health and well-being on the inner dimensions of our organization. So, so there's a lot of really important and welcoming discussions that this crisis has triggered. Hmm. That's really an important piece of of those who are regenerative are more resilient right now. Let's let's dig into that. Giles, can you explain what is a regenerative business model versus a degenerative business model? A lot of this is about relationships and how we see how we relate. Um, So kind of in, in the sort of old way, if you like, or still the dominant way of viewing organizations, uh, businesses, um, communities uh, is a sort of mechanistic way where we see the organization as a machine. Um, We see silos, we see departments, we see prioritization of perhaps customers or shareholders um, and, and a lack of understanding perhaps of some of the other webs of relationships that we have. And so the more that we start to see our organization as a vibrant culture of people, all of which have their own interconnections and families and friends and, and, and lives, and that our that organization is interrelating with a whole variety of stakeholders, including the wider society environment, which it can serve, then the more we start to sense into how these relationships are, are either helping, contributing to life, um, to actually enriching the other part of the relationship, or they're kind of detracting from life, um, parasitic, absorbing, um, uh, extractive. And really a lot of what we've learned in business schools over the years because of an overly mechanistic framing 
has been to kind of exploit relationships for short-term gain. And that has created all sorts of problems. Now, um, because of what Laura was saying, you know, increased volatility, more shocks coming into the system and so forth, because there'll be many more like what we're experiencing now, it's becoming more apparent to us that we can't operate in those self-serving, narrow ways, that we need to have a much more holistic view of how the business operates. And a lot of sensible conscious leaders that immediately sense that without having to necessarily call it regenerative. What regenerative brings is a language around how nature works, how life works. And let's use that logic of life um, to help us explore how our cultures and organizations really come alive in times of volatility. Mm. So I'm just open up this up to either one of you. Um, I'm curious when, and I said smaller businesses move and adapt and are more resilient, but a lot of them financially are really in trouble. And so as small businesses are, are, are working toward survival mode here, I mean, they're like, they're right back down to the basics of how do I keep the doors open or not keep the doors open and pay my employees? How do I pay my mortgage? What would you say? What is the, what is the simplest, clearest pathway right now to begin the transition toward a regenerative model. What I, I know I think about my husband right now and just having people working from home and figuring out the technology and the security of the email. And I mean, they're overwhelmed every day. They've been overwhelmed and customers are mad. They can't come in and, you know, they're, they're trying to do technology based meetings with customers. What, what would you say is the simplest, easy steps and pathway now for those smaller businesses who are really struggling to, um, to adapt? Who wants to go? It depends on the environment. It it depends on the field. It it depends on the niche that you are operating within. Um, A regenerative mindset would be if if we if we were to say let's use this as as an opportunity for you to use this crisis, put this crisis to good use, never waste a good crisis. And now we want to focus on how can we make you more resilient for future crises. And then Giles and I would say, let's start by uh, making a whole system analysis of how your company is currently operating. So how are you, you producing your products and services? Are they life affirming? Are they based on life affirming principles, materials, Are they using the inspiration from nature and how they are designed and produced? What about the culture of the organization? Giles and and I have in, in the book Regenerative Leadership what we call the regenerative leadership DNA that consists of three components, living systems design, which was what I just mentioned before. How can we use nature as an inspiration for how we design products and services? The second critically important component is living systems culture. And the first DNA strand of that component is 
that we need to make sure we are financially viable. So regenerative business is not about running a philanthropy. It's about making sure that your business model is viable in the long term. So make sure you use this crisis to get rid of all the unnecessary layers, get down to what is the center of your, of your organization? What is the mission? What is the purpose? How are we really thriving? Some of the organizations that I have been in contact with over the past weeks have, have used this crisis to have the really deep and important conversations within the organization about where do we want to be? two years, five years, 10 years from now? How can we use this crisis to make sure we don't have the kinds of relationships that are weighing us down when crisis hits? And that this crisis has has shown them where their weak chains are or weak links in the greater chain are, and then use this crisis to heal those links and amend those parts of the of their bigger system. I know this can sound annoying if you are if you are kind of deep in in a very critical situation right now, maybe you are um, faced with uh, having to close down your organization because it's not financially viable anymore. And then such a such a a kind of suggestion can be very provocative. Um, But but then see if there's a way of you have how you can use this crisis as a as a personal leverage point. What is this crisis showing you in terms of what kind of business leader entrepreneur do you want to be? Have my organization contributed to um, to to improving the greater whole? Could I do something differently? Or maybe oh, the shocking kind of question you need to ask yourself. Do I have to embrace death right now? Do I have to accept that that death and life and regeneration is part of life? And maybe death is actually offering that rich topsoil that I need so that post-crisis, I can reinvent myself. I can reinvent my organization. I know this is a radical suggestion and provocative, but I do think that part of us being uh, entering a regenerative era is also embracing that death and rebirth and renewal is is part of life and and not everything from the past is worth preserving in the future yeah which occurs to me as i'm listening to you laura is that literally there are those out there that may be financially viable and yet during this time of introspection it's a really good time to reassess to say is the direction of this organization exactly worth keeping alive right now and how can i reinvest into something more sustainable and regenerative for the future and something with purpose too giles what would you oh do you go ahead laura yeah i just wanted to add that that i mean we have as a collective we are right now in this uh, liminal space the space between worlds and the kind of decisions that one make whenever faced or whenever that person is being in a liminal space is creating the future of that individual. And as, as, as a collective, it's been a long time since the entire planet has been in a collective shared liminal space. So that those decisions that we are making right now are literally creating that future we can 
we can enter on the other side. But but a liminal space is filled with death and confusion and sorrow and grief. And all those emotions are just so incredibly important that we allow space for, that we don't condemn them or shame them or oppress them, but that this liminal space is offered um, within us all and that we and then that we create space for that and make make that part of our lives. Yeah. And, and add fear and anxiety to that that emotion yes. too is, is there's tons of fear. So Giles, what would you think? What, how would you coach people when, when we're talking about this time and literally this crisis point and what Laura's saying is that, that the decisions we make right now are really critical to creating this new world. What are the maybe three most important things that we need to really look at and evaluate and align with to co-create the world we want to live in? Yeah, I think a lot of this starts with our own selves. How are we showing up? And I'd like to, you know, just take the example of of your husband, because, you know, there's many people I know who are, you know, in situations that are really kind of stressful, mm-hmm. um, even if it's just that they're in back to back Zoom calls, you know. Um, uh, so. And I would like to weave in this, this, this very important concept of death and rebirth and how we can uh, create mini death and rebirth spirals in the midst of turbulence, in the midst of a storm, in the midst of lots going on. And I think if it, it, back to sort of coaching someone or helping or, you know, the, th- the three things, I think the first thing is to create pauses, is to create space, to create moments um, in our day where we can reflect, where we can ground, where we can drop into a different place. And that's difficult. It's very easy to say, but to move out of this concrete mind that, that is so pervasive in the way in which we in conduct ourselves today. Um, so to try and move out of that. Now, Again, we're in lockdown, so it's not about necessarily going for a walk in nature, even though that can be part of it. Some of us can go for a walk around the block and so forth. But, you know, really just, again, having some form of practice. So I'd say pause, practice, purpose. Um, and I haven't used those three pieces before. They're just really um, uh, um, relevant to your uh, question. I think if, if, if you pause and then you have some form of practice that is a daily activity where whether it be coming out of sleep in that liminal space and clearing one's mind and focusing on the day ahead and being aware of how do I want to show up Um, before we focus in on, Oh, I've got that call and I've got that thing to organize. And I've got, before we get into the detail, how, how am I being? And then that practice could also mean something during the middle of the day or at times between Zoom calls so that we're starting to try and observe how we're being. Because often um, some busy people that I know and work with who are conscious can be on a Zoom call listening to a chat um, session that they've got on their web app and doing their emails. And that's okay because otherwise the email box fills up and they, they need to be on this Slack channel or whatever, because it's part of their corporate culture. Um, And yet what's happening is we're then sort of 
and before we know it, we are feeling more. Whoa, and then the next Zoom, and then the next thing, and and then we all that's happened during this bigger pause of the pandemic is we've just all the way through it, and then we pop out the other end. And to Laura's point, you know, we wouldn't be allowing ourselves the opportunity to learn, um, which this is creating us, this death rebirth. So how do we create mini death rebirths via a practice? And then to uh, build on Laura's point around purpose, how do we create a sense of purpose? And I don't think that sense of purpose is just a North Star that's outside ourselves. I think it's also something that we live in terms of how do we show up each day? How do I grow today? How am I going to give today? And so the quality of being that then informs uh, the direction of travel that I wish to take. One of the kind of practices that Giles and I have in our book, uh, the third component of the regenerative leadership DNA is living systems being. That is all about how how are we? How do we go about life as regenerative beings? And one of those DNA strands in that is coherence. And that constant checking in, do I feel aligned with my core values? Do I feel in sync with who I am? Do I feel coherent with my whole self, which is quite easily to sense when you don't feel that? When you feel you cohere with who you are, you feel kind of lit up, excited, um, happy. Um, when you don't feel you you are coherent with who you truly are, you feel the more that kind of heavy drained energy or maybe that, that kind of rushed energy that Giles was explaining when you were scattered all over the place um, with your attention. Whereas when you have a practice of constantly owning in, being present with yourself, checking in, how was I actually? actually showing up in that conversation how was i showing up in that email when you de- when you develop that inner dance and constant checking in with yourself it's a whole different way of going about a stressful day if mm. that makes sense it's a great suggestion and just practicing that inner coherence with the environment as well. What a beautiful thing. I'm going to invite our audience. Um, For those of you listening, we're going to take a quick break. During that break, let's just tune in and really create that own coherence for ourselves um, in this moment. So we'll be right back after this break. He moved early. That's going to draw the yellow flag. Offsides, number 72, five yards. Check out this fan leaving the game. He's headed straight up the middle and right into a sobriety checkpoint. Let's see how he handles it. No, officer. I haven't been drinking. I'm the designated driver. Upon further review, this fan made the right call by being a designated driver. Sign up to be the designated driver at the stadium and always buckle up. You could follow your favorite NFL team to the Super Bowl, provided as a public service by the station and team coalition. Do your relationships lack the intimacy, depth, and connection you long for? Do you struggle communicating what you need and desire? Are you always last on your to-do list or even worse, not even on it? You deserve to be happy, feel worthy, be seen, and be 
be heard, to have your needs met, and your boundaries respected. Regina Cates takes the suffering out of life and relationships. She's a no-nonsense wise woman who healed herself and her relationships. She's an internationally known best-selling author, an empowerment coach, and relationships expert. Each day, she leads countless people around the world in reclaiming their power and transforming their relationships. If you're ready for a breakthrough, willing to do the work, then Regina will provide the way and the tools. Visit her at romancingyoursoul.com. Join the tens of thousands of people who, with Regina's no BS guidance, are taking back their power to live authentically and love passionately. Romancingyoursoul.com, where walking the talk comes to life. Romancingyoursoul.com. Would your business survive a disaster? Nearly two-thirds of businesses aren't prepared for an emergency. And 40% of businesses that experience a disaster never recover. Make an emergency plan now before it's too late. For a free online tool that helps you develop an emergency plan to keep your business up and running should disaster strike, visit ready.gov forward slash business. Brought to you by the Federal Emergency Management Agency, the American Red Cross, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to The Dog Show. Up next, we have Satchmo. Satchmo is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right, a group known especially for their couch-snuggling, ball-chasing, face-licking, tail-wagging, backyard-hanging, and, of course, companionship. And what breed would you say Satchmo is? I'd have to go with maybe a lavish terrier-hound chihuahua-looking kind of mix. Tremendous dog. Mm, I'd also like to point out Satchmo's coloring, a white, gray, brown, black brindle, simply marvelous. You know, it's such a treat to watch a dog like this. Now, let's see him in action. Look how he makes eye contact with us. That's actually no treats there. How intuitive. And now he appears to be excitedly turning in circles. Ah, the happy dance so common with this group. And finally, the loving face lick. It's great how he just gets in there and well licks. Fantastic. But really, the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Satchmo is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Positively uplifting. This is Empower Radio. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and perhaps listen to it or watch it again. You can do that by visiting my website on thedrjulieshow.com, where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. Also stay connected all week on our Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. Uh, And come find us at goodofthewhole.org. We We've initiated the connection field. Now is the time for all of us to come together in connection. Um, There's so many offerings on the connection field around the clock almost. We're headed to um, new time zones all the time. So check that out at goodofthewhole.org. And you can find Laura at laura-storms. You can find Giles at gileshutchins.com. And like you saw on the screen, their book, Regenerative Leadership, such an incredible book. It's actually one of my favorite books now. And it's been almost a year since I've had you on. The thing I love about this, by the way, regenerativeleadership.com. One of the things I love about this book for me is the color and the art and the, ama- uh, the amazing diagrams. Like, look, I could go and you're going to see, you guys will see. I told Giles it's full of highlights. 
and he'll wonderful. <laughs> it's full of highlights. So literally, it's an amazing book. It's an amazing resource, and it is. Uh, it and now is the time. This is now is the time for that on the planet. So thank you for writing that beautiful book. It's a gift to the world. And you know, one of the fa- one of my favorite things in this book, one of my favorite quotes, is um, not only. Uh, I shouldn't say this because I have tons of favorite quotes. I love aligning with nature. I love what you're doing with um, regenerative, sustainable living systems, whole systems, health change. There's so much I love about the book, but there's also this place. We just talked about that practice of coherence right before Mm -hmm. the break, Laura. And there's this quote in the book that talks about what we want from our work environment, what we want from our work experience. We want to be more creative. We want it to be exciting, empowering, purposeful, and passionate. We want meaningful connection. And we want to make a positive difference. We used to say it was the millennials. That was the description of millennial workers. They want to make a difference. They want to have all these things. But really, I think everyone is waking to that. that We're waking to our humanity. And we want that inner nature to be represented at work. We want that soulfulness of who we are to, to be present at the workplace. So um, along with that practice, Laura, I'm going to turn this over to you, Giles, if you want to add to that is it, it seems to me that not only creating an organizational structure that's regenerative is important, but how do we bring these qualities to the workplace now too? It's a perfect time to say, you know what? Many people are working from home. Um, we're, we're having to meet on zoom. We can, we can redefine everything when we come back to normal. If there is a new normal, you know, whatever that new normal is, Charles, what would you add to that? Yeah, I think you're right. I think, I think the, the, um, the, the, the way that people have, gained access into people's living rooms or rooms and or seeing people wear different things than they would normally wear in the workplace or uh, a kid coming in or, or a pet dog or whatever it is. And uh, I've heard some really nice stories from from people from different organizations um, where leaders have, have just shared how actually uh, I'm not feeling great at the moment. Um, I'm struggling with X, Y, Z. Um, but, you know, that's how I am. And, um, you know, and that gives that's helping give permission to other people to really share how they're being. Um, I think some of the corporates I know went into this with everybody feeling that they had to sort of present themselves in a certain way on Zooms or, or, or Teams or whatever Um channel they're using and yet that's changed over time and the more humanness has come in to your point about just showing up in the workplace so again you know it's seeping in it's seeping through um and and that's great and and, and i hope that when we go back and I, I don't think it's kind of go back it's 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 not even a new normal i've been calling it a new natural with um someone else i work with genevieve boast and um this new natural is hopefully an opportunity for us to just bring more of ourselves to work. Um, when we go into the workplace, why are we going into the workplace? Is that because we want to make meaningful connections and have rich discussions? Some people have really missed the workplace. Other people have not missed the workplace because it was deadening for them. So, you know, let's try and make these workplaces um, places that we really want to go. And it's worth the commute to go to rather than we're just doing it because that's the way life has to be. Yeah. And business as normal, business as usual. Uh, Let's let go of all of that. 
So as I say that, I'm, I'm curious about, um, we were talking about regenerative leaders, like the book is regenerative leadership. And yet many of those who are home working from home, my daughter's working from home and, and the baby's on her lap. The baby's like getting really used to being in front of the computer too. It's amazing how, how my granddaughter just sits there and, and is on meetings and, and it's not disruptive. It's like, how does that happen? <laughs> They're adapting. I don't want her to be in front of the computer screen. Neither does her mommy, but she likes to be there and she crawls up on mommy's lap all the time. Mm. But what about those who aren't in leadership positions in the organization? All of us can step into our own regenerative leadership right now on the planet. And I'm wondering if you have some advice for those who may not be uh, an entrepreneur or a, a business leader, but for all of those who are in this time watching as breakdowns occur across the planet, systems and structures are in massive evolution. We're reforming, we're renorming, we're, we're doing all of that work now. Laura, what would you offer? And then, then I'll go to you, Giles, with the same question. I think for everyone right now, it's, we're living through a time where it's about um, exploring your own emotional inner landscape, your inner nature, and detect where in the outer world you can make sure that those two are resonating. Um, it's a time where um, where we clearly see the kinds of illusions that we collectively have built around us, the kind of walls that we have built around us. That example of your daughter's baby on the lab is, is a great example in terms of a separation culture for many between babies or children and their parents. And this moment in time has brought the family unit together. Not always been easy, um, but it has brought us together. We have spent much more time together. We have weathered the storm together. And, and, and that is one element where some have experienced that that actually feels really good. It's like um, for many parents, it has, it's almost like a primal scream and desire for spending more time with their kids have finally subconsciously in a way been heard. Um, if that makes sense, that it's, it's about reclaiming what is truly important in your life. And, and that can be a fascinating, but also devastating exploratory journey because once slowly society starts to go back to a new normal or a new way, and it's again demanded that you send your kids off to daycare if you want to have a job that demands you go into a workspace, what does that then require of me if that doesn't feel right, if that doesn't feel like I'm coherent with my inner nature, if that makes sense? So it's living regenerative lives is about showing up wherever you are in a way that feels life affirming to you in a way that um, leaves more good than it takes in a way where you through the systems that you are in touch with um, can create positive ripple effects of vitality and health, really good and sound health. Um, and I think that reflection is incredibly important as we venture into a new world. How can we all take responsibility for our own 
inner nature? And how can we make sure that how we show up in life is creating those positive, positive regenerative ripple effects? Mm -hmm. Wow. Giles, what can you add? It stimulated a couple more questions. I'm like, yeah. 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 I mean, really just to um, add in about sort of this, this pause practice purpose. I think in the purpose piece, just to build on what Laura was saying, how, you know, a lot of this is, is about therefore living more purposefully, aligning that inner and outer nature, um, which gives us the coherence. So it's one, it's developing coherence through the practice, but then it, it feeds itself by being regenerative. Um, and I, I had the pleasure of, of engaging, working with Richard Leider once, an American, um, wrote a lovely book called The Power of Purpose, which wrote many books. Um, and, um, you know, he, he, he um, he's specialized in purpose for over 40 years. And he, one of the things he talks about when he, when he interviews uh, really successful leaders is he noticed how a lot of these leaders, when they look back on their lives, um, have regretted not taking time out, not taking, mm-hmm. not pausing, not getting perspective on their lives. Mm-hmm. He uses this lovely American aphorism, which is you can't read the label while sitting in the jar. You can't read what your life is about. Mm-hmm. You can't understand what your life is about when you're in it. Mm-hmm. And we are in it all the time and how can we bring mm. ourselves gain that perspective um, maybe through those mini death rebirth spir- spirals or pauses reflecting and then that helps feed into what law is talking about is, is, is aligning that get sense of what's in here i mean often we don't want to go there no, and we exactly. sit in the meditation because there's all this noise coming up but we have to go through that stuff to get to the deeper essence of who we are and i hope that this pandemic is an opportunity for people to do that in in many ways it's not it's not meaning that people have to take up meditation there's lots of ways to do that whether it be connecting with when we're actually with our children being with our children um and 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 not thinking about well i could have just done that or whatever um so you know it can be mini breakthroughs like just recognizing why don't i switch my mobile phone off um when i and now have dinner with my children. Um, so many, many things that can help us align that inner and outer nature. Beautiful. So the key is that aligning that inner and outer nature. And thank you for bringing that in. So I'm going to, I'm going to go even more global here because um, Laura, when you said um, our actions, uh, you know, our thoughts, words, our deeds, our choices right now create that positive ripple effect. And yet we're all invested in a regenerative planet not just regenerative businesses and regenerative organizations. And this is whole systems change across the board. Mm-hmm. We're seeing every system and structure breaking down in, in need of, of literally whole systems health right now. I'm wondering what we as individuals, as we're aligning that inner and outer, and as we're aligning our business and our purpose, we also can make a impact that's not a positive change towards something, but it's also a positive change shifting perhaps the old systems and structures. I'm wondering what you guys have to offer, if um, both of you, on creating a regenerative world um, from this same perspective of what's the most important pieces that we really need to do right now. If each of you could think of a couple, what are the most important one of the things that that Giles and I often talk about and we also have in the book is to develop that consciousness around the fact that we are all in every mini action creating 
and investing in the kind of world that we that we want. Every um, every grocery sh- shop or every purchase, every conversation holds within it the potential of creating the world that we want. So how you show up in every relationship, whether it's a relationship between the kind of goods and services you buy or uh, your parents, your loved ones, your children, is creating the world that we want. Um, and having that awareness that we are on a daily basis, we are investors. Everything we do is creating the world of tomorrow, is creating tomorrow. That is an incredibly important mindset for regenerative practitioners and people around the world in, um, in general to have. That, that it does actually matter what I buy, how I talk to people, that everything holds within it an energy that can be amplified um, and that spreads throughout systems. And it's never been easier to be uh, communicating systems thinking because as you started with yourself, the corona pandemic has really shown how everything affects everything, that no man is an island. It's silos are an illusion. Everything is interconnected and interdependent. So what you do over here, create ripples effect that, that, that reaches far beyond what we can even imagine. Um, but to bring it down, every action creates the world. So, um, so be mindful of how you talk to other people, what you invest in, how you spend your time. Yeah, and to build on that, then to, to relate to what you were saying, Julie, is is how to then start mapping out that systems map. We'd spend quite a lot of time in the book talking about ecosystem facilitator and building that capacity within us that we all naturally have as human beings to start sensing the relationships in your own life mm. um, and then also looking at your work life, looking at your organization. So if you're a leader or you're, you're looking after a team, start to map out those systems. And those systems have, you know, they have material throws, um, they have information uh, th- um, flows, they have all sorts, but they also have the psychological, you know, which you can maybe um, put patterns or, or, or symbols to, colors to. We talk, um, we give some tools in the book, you know, what is stuck, what is alive, mm-hmm. and what is flowing in a constructive way, what is creative, and what is perhaps disruptive. And all of those are part of the map, the systems map that we have our, uh, for ourselves, but also the team, the organization, the stakeholder ecosystem. And often, what we leave out is telling or what we focus in on is telling. And and many organizations today are still not having adequate discussions about their relationships with their local community Mm. and the local environment within which they interact. And if anything from this pandemic is recognizing that, of course, there are global repercussions as well, but also there is this local um, interrelationship that we have going on. So Let's use that time to think about those local relationships as well as the global networks that we have. And and how are they uh, creating futures that we all really wish for in our hearts? Or are they actually taking more and not giving much back? Mm. You know, I I love thank you for bringing it back to local. I, I 
I was just moved um, over the weekend. My husband and I were at our lake house and we have an Airbnb there and a new business is coming up. You know, the, the marinas closed, the restaurants closed. There's a lot that are that's shut down and a new business is coming in um, to rent water toys and jet skis and boats. And, you know, and I just it. I always, he's so local minded and he's, he's a, he's a good regenerative man. And he just said, the more competition for all of us, the better, the more services we have right here, the better we are. Like he literally had this little, um, beautiful dissertation on coming back to local that we, we have to think local here. What else can, what else would help us to bring if we are a very global thinker or you think that your your laura did a good job your actions matter they do matter um what else can we say about local to how do we literally invest in in self and family and community and 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 really bring our attention and our vision back here to local. Laura, you were shaking your head. Looked like you wanted to say something. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, cause I have always been a very, since I was, uh, since I was very young thinking on a global level and how can I help change the world on a global level. And for me, just as many other, this crisis has kind of in a way forced me to focus on what's right here, what's right here in front of me right now. Um, I mean, how is my family thriving? How is my local community thriving? Um, and I think that has been the case for many people. It has kind of um, forced us to cultivate what's closest to us, which is incredibly important in a regenerative context as well. If we bring it down to something like local food production, um, what if our food chain is, is suddenly disrupted? Well, that calls for local food production. It calls for people that are actually able and knowledgeable within regenerative um, development of our land and of producing food we can actually eat. Having that kind of um, physical awareness of, around what is happening in our neighborhood instead of sudden or, or instead of always kind of living um, in front of a screen, communicating to a large global audience or uh, being interested in things that are happening on a global scale. No, what is actually happening in front of you on the land that you live um, is, is incredibly important. And I think Jazz has been through the same experience, having just moved into um a new neighborhood and and starting to cultivate those local relationships to an extent that he probably wouldn't have if this crisis hadn't hit but you can speak to that Giles. well what's interesting is how this is you know bringing it full circle to how we started our our discussion here on the show which is about relationships and, and right relationship you know uh, what makes us special as homo sapiens is that we are innately social and adaptive mm. and relational and that's what's enabled us to adapt and evolve through many crises and and yet what we've done globally um, because of a mechanistic mindset is we've structured our relationships in certain ways that meet certain supply chains or meet certain capital models or meet certain flows through an economic system, which is actually fractured and, and actually created separation at the local level in many ways. Mm. Uh, and, and what 
is now we need is both. We need that global. Uh, we need that local resilience and vibrancy within the global network that we have. There's nothing wrong with with global. Global is good, and it brings us together in many ways, and and, and can create all sorts of structures that we need. And yet, we need to now enliven the local. And what I found, um, as Laura says, just coming to a new area, it's really interesting, um, and noticing the connections um, mm. and how can we help nurture those as a regenerative leader. We're not just out in the corporate landscape. We're also connecting with the people around us. Um, mm -hmm. And um, it's been really inspiring to see how people at the local level have shown up in multiple ways just to help other people. I think, I think often people talk about, you know, the negatives of the crisis, you know, we've been hoarding food and we've been looking after ourselves. Yeah. Well, actually what I've seen firsthand is a lot of people reaching out and wanting to help others. Hmm. Yeah. Exactly. There's a lot of beauty out there, isn't there? There's just been a lot of beauty and generosity hmm. and showing up. Yeah. So, um, for regenerative leaders, and again, the book is Regenerative Leadership. And I think I said .com. It's regenerativeleadership.co. There it is on your screen. For regenerative leadership now, before we have to close the show, where do they find resource, resources? Where do they go? How can they get the help, the guidance, the direction they need? Besides this beautiful book and this website, what do you guys recommend for regenerative leaders? We have we have really done our best in the book to offer some easy, accessible exercises, some some Q&A in terms of we, we know that embarking on a on a journey of becoming a regenerative leader, all sorts of questions comes to mind. And often those questions, you want them to kind of convince yourself that this is not for you because oh, this is new and scary. So we have done our best to answer all kinds of questions you may have upon embarking on such a journey. And it can all be boiled down to putting one foot slowly in front of the other. Eat the elephant in bites. Rome wasn't built in a day. We have some tools and exercises for you, depending on what kind of organization station you are in. Or also, if you just want to kind of infuse your organization as an employee with a regenerative mindset, then how do you start that practice? Um, on our website, regenerativeleadership.co, we have some resources in terms of videos and other books you may like to dive, dive deep into. So the, the field is rich and some find it overwhelming in the beginning. And that's why our purpose of, of co-authoring this book was to try to reduce some of the complexity and try to make regenerative um, wisdom easy, accessible for everyone. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just to add to that, uh, I was chatting with the CEO of a business this morning and he said what he loved about the book was that it was a survey of the landscape. I quite liked how he put that, the sur <laughs> yeah. survey of the landscape. There's a lot going on. You know, he said we, we've referred to all sorts of models and methodologies that he was aware of and that he uses in his own work, um, like Teal, like Spiral Dynamics, like Theory U, all of these different models. And what we're doing is we're drawing upon those. We signpost those. We give deeper dives, as you know, throughout the book. So people can then find out more in those other areas. And in a way, another uh, gentleman, a, a coach, called it a treasure trove. It's just like we've brought together lots of things and then we've given it a methodology so that it can be a way in for people into what yeah, exactly. can otherwise feel like quite a complex area. Mm. 
Beautiful. Okay. We have like one minute. So in 30 seconds or less, I'd love to hear each of you respond to this final question. Post pandemic, I call it that the new norm, the new normal is regenerative. That's the title of this show today. What does that new world look like? What does that new regenerative world look like in 30 seconds? Laura? It's it feels abundant. It feels full of vitality. It feels like a world where compassion is in the driver's seat. It feels um, healthy. It feels like you can breathe, like like you can hear the birds. Um, it feels um, wonderful. Beautiful. Giles? It's where we love in a deep way. And that love is not... Um, a Hollywood romance happily ever after. It's a love full of death and rebirths, as Laura mm. was talking earlier, of learning, of stretching ourselves, of feeling uncomfortable and knowing when that stress is healthy because it's helping us push boundaries and when actually it's unhealthy because it's degenerative. So it's us learning to become masterful and falling in love with how life really is. I'm so sad. I should have started with that question. that was so beautiful both of you thank you for giving us that vision of this future i'm with you on it and thank you both for joining us here today it's always a pleasure to have you giles and it was really nice to meet you laura thank you so much it was a pleasure thank you and i want to leave you all with a quote from the book which says without reconnecting to the logic of life thinking systemically instead of in silos we will be unable to find our way into a truly balanced, coherent business paradigm that enables both our organizations and the wider fabric of life on earth to thrive in the years ahead. Ahead. So here's to a regenerative future. You've been listening to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Remember, together we are creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.